Welcome to Enhanced Living. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. Enhanced Living is all about becoming the best version of ourselves and growing to be exactly who we were meant to become. Now, I've been through so many ups and downs in my life, and the one thing that I've learned is that there's always a next step to take on our path and our journey in this life. No matter how successful you currently are, there's always a way to be a better version of you. This podcast is all about figuring out that process. Through my own insights and interviews with extraordinary people, I hope you'll be inspired to evolve and become the best version of yourself. Let's jump right in. How many times have you let fear stop you from becoming the person that you were meant to become? Let me ask a different way. How many opportunities have you missed out on in life because you were afraid to take a chance, whether that was on yourself or on an opportunity? I had a call today with a friend who was telling me that he was afraid to move in a certain direction in his career because he was afraid of failing or he was afraid of being taken advantage of. And it really sparked this this idea to kind of discuss pushing through your fears. You've no doubt heard the quote from George Adair that states, Everything that you've ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear. It's a very true statement, and yet so many people find themselves retreating from that wall of fear that separates them from what it is that they want. I know, pushing through fear can be one of the most daunting things that we do in life, if we even get to do it. A lot of people, like I said, they shy away. In fact, healthy fear is what keeps us alive. We're hardwired to fear certain things because without that healthy fear, historically speaking, we would have faced certain death. We're naturally afraid of heights, wild animals like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. And there's a good reason for these fears, which is obvious. I'm not suggesting that anyone needs to push past their natural and justified fear of being eaten alive and brave a three-day stint in the jungle just to prove that you can do it. I mean, if that's your thing, knock yourself out, go for it. But what I am talking about is is taking chances on ourself, our career, our, our relationship, things in life that have massive potential upside but also come with risk. There's a good reason for having the fear of losing your job, your spouse, or whatever you can think about losing because the loss of these things means a drastic change in our life, which, let's be honest, this change could be both good or bad. We don't even know. We really don't. We fear change, and we're hesitant to take certain risks because of the unknown. Most of us have a fear of the unknown. The ones that push past the fear most often are those that relish in the unknown because they know that that's where opportunity lies. Remember, everything that we've ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear. Another way to put this is the most growth that we can do for ourselves happens outside of our comfort zone. We grow most when we're uncomfortable. Now, I know you might be thinking that, you know, obviously, yeah, I know all this, but I still have trouble pushing past my fears and stepping out of my comfort zone. And what do I do? How do I push past it? I've been a, a speaker, a host, a presenter, and a performer since I was 17 years old. I've performed in front of crowds as small as a few dozen people and as large as several thousand people. Since I started, I've accumulated over 10,000 hours of experience presenting live and on camera and in many different capacities. I've experienced just about everything that you can think of, from last-minute schedule changes to emergencies where I've had to cover for the fact that someone had a heart attack or died or both. That happened once. Now, according to Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers, which, by the way, is a phenomenal read. If you have the time, I highly suggest you you give it a look. Uh, I'm an expert in my field, according to that, because I've hit that 10,000 hours. When I work, people assume that I'm outgoing and extroverted and that I was born with the skill of speaking in front of crowds. And I'm here to tell you that nothing can be further from the truth. 
I'm actually pretty introverted by nature. I tend to keep to myself until I warm up to a situation, unless I'm working, of course. And I was one of the most shy kids you can possibly imagine. I never felt comfortable in public situations. So how did I become a professional speaker slash host slash MC slash entertainer? When I was 17 years old, fresh out of high school and just starting CJEP at Dawson College in Montreal, uh, as a quick aside, CJEP is basically a French acronym that basically translates to junior college, and it fills the gap between 11th grade and university. I'm pretty sure it exists only in Quebec as far as I know, um, so just so you know what that is, so you're not questioning what CJEP is while I'm talking. Um, anyway, I had just started CJEP, and I was in the cafeteria between classes when I was approached by a friend who was already an MC DJ for Superior Sound. Now, he asked me if I was interested in being an interactive dancer or party motivator at parties on weekends. It paid really well, and I'd be mostly performing at bar and bat mitzvahs and school events. Now, having already been working, because I, I started working when I was, I believe, 16 years old, and seeing that I could make 50 bucks working on a Saturday night for a few hours, it was almost a no-brainer. Now, I need you to bear two things in mind. First, this was back in 1997, so 50 bucks was basically like $92 today. And two, I was 17 years old. I was in school during the week, and I actually needed to earn money for any leisure activities I wanted to enjoy. Also, Superior Sound was arguably the biggest and most popular interactive DJ company in Montreal at the time, so I knew there would be plenty of opportunities to work. Remember I said almost a no-brainer? Well, that's because I was both scared and intimidated about actually doing the job. The fact that saying yes included me in the cool crowd, and I'm using air quotes, but you can't see that, um, and that I could dance and have fun without being the center of attention for the kind of money that I would make totally sealed the deal for me. I said yes, and in the beginning of October of 1997, I was an interactive dancer at a party for the very first time. I remember going to that first party and overcoming my nerves to do the job, and while I was there, I watched a buddy of mine DJing the party, and I thought to myself, I really want to do that. I asked if I could learn how to DJ, and by the time my third party came around, I was training to be a DJ. I think it's important for you to know that the way it was structured back then, the roles of MC and DJ were basically assigned to two people at every event. There was the first operator... And that was the person who was like the party lead, who handled the bulk of the MC work and dealt with the client personally. Um, they would also be able to DJ and, and would take over from time to time, uh, DJing that is. And the second operator, who handled the majority of the DJ work, but was also expected to perform at least one set during the event. So that meant that if you wanted to DJ, you also had to be able to at least lead like a line dance uh, and make some announcements. And I absolutely dreaded that part. <laughs> Disappearing into DJ work was super easy for me. I loved music and could mind my own business while the party grew around me. Picking up the microphone was about as daunting a task as I could imagine at the time, but I pushed through because I didn't really care how it went. I just wanted to be able to DJ. The nerves were totally unbearable for me. I know this may be hard to believe, but uh, if it was at all possible to skip the microphone portion and simply DJ, I went with that option because there were some events where the first operator just did everything the entire night and I just got to sit back and DJ and it was awesome. After all, I made at least twice as much money to DJ, so it was completely worth it to just DJ and that was great. I'm talking the step up from you know being an interactive dancer slash party motivator. Now, I'll never forget the party that actually shifted everything. I was working as the second operator on a house party with a really seasoned first operator. And as we were getting ready to start the party, he was giving me advice because I was going to have to actually get on the microphone that night. And I was terrified yet again. Like I was sweating. 
I'll never forget his words. He said to me, he goes, if you really want to make good money doing this, you have to pick up the mic and get good at it. The money is in the microphone. That's what he said to me. I needed to make more money at the time. And when I watched the other first operators perform, it really looked awesome. And so as terrified as I was, I started getting on the microphone more at smaller events where the stakes weren't as high. Was I a huge pile of nerves and sweat? You better believe it. Did I do it anyway? Yep. Was I good? No, not at first, but something interesting happened along the way. The more I did it, the easier it got. The nerves were still there, of course, that, that didn't change, but it did get easier to pick up the microphone and do what I needed to do, so I would just I would get it done. Was I good? Again, no, I was not super charismatic, but I got the message across, and people followed and did what I needed them to do. Now, along the way, I watched the MCs that were like far better than I was, and I paid attention to what they did. I started incorporating some of their tricks and tips, and the more I practiced, the more I was able to incorporate my own tricks and actually have tips for other people. The funny thing about nerves, though, is that they never actually completely go away. For big events to this day, or events that push me out of my comfort zone, I still get nervous from time to time. It does happen. I got to MC a wedding recently where I had to MC in two languages. And I got nervous for that one. I, I pushed past it. I did it anyway. And it went amazingly well. And it, it was totally successful. But I'll never forget. I mean, this was just a few weeks back. I was literally nervous as I picked up the microphone and started to speak in a different language. So I get it. You might be thinking, great story, but that's your advice. Push past the fear. And the answer is kind of, yeah. I mean, you really do just have to push past the fear. But the part of the story that I didn't share was about how meditation and visualization played their part in my journey. With my daily meditation practice, I've become much better at calming my mind and really getting in control of my thoughts. And through visualization, I've been able to see the success before it happened. Were there doubts and fears as I was getting ready to do the things I was going to do? Of course, but I did it anyway. Will there be doubts and fears as I move forward? Absolutely, but I'm going to do it anyway. So the next time you're faced with an opportunity, tell your fears, I hear you, but that doesn't mean I have to listen. Take your time to calm your mind, center yourself, and visualize the outcome that you want, and then take the leap. You'll either win or you'll learn. And to me, that's a win-win either way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living. If you enjoyed what you heard today, share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, kindly subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Have a great day.